a perfect world. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I love you, Johnny. Surprise! He provides for you. Darling, you can't support yourself. I don't love him anymore. He didn't get his promotion. And he got drunk last night. And he hit me. It's not true. I did not hit her. Well, maybe you should have a girl, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I have one already. I don't know yet. We can't do this anymore. Johnny's my best friend. This will be our secret. Don't worry. You can trust me. We are expecting. <laughs> I'm your future husband. You sure about that? Please talk to me, please. You're having an affair with Lisa, aren't you? I need more from life than what Johnny can give me. She's a sociopath. She can't love anyone. There is no baby. I told him that to make it interesting. She's such a manipulative witch. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting our friendship. I treat you like a princess. And you stab me in the back. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Hey, Danny. Where's my money, Danny? Put the gun down. What the hell is wrong with you? Just shut up. This world. The Room, a film with the passion of Tennessee Williams, directed by Tommy Wiseau. The best movie of the year. Experience this quirky new black comedy. It's a riot. Hi, I'm Josh. Welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. Uh, I am here with Andrew and Mel. Hi. Hi. And we were laughing at <laughs> trying to figure out how to do the intro to the podcast, and I think we failed again. <laughs> um, yes. So before I forget, there was one thing on my mind that I wanted to uh, talk about, and that, oh my God, you know what's hilarious? As talking, I just forgot what I wanted to Did talk about. Did you want about. to talk about barfing? Yeah, that's what, yeah. So, Andrew, Andrew, you can bring it up. Well, I, I tweeted uh, this BuzzFeed article about, uh, oh, I had it here, yeah, uh, 19 movie theater tales that'll scar you for life. So, how many, I haven't read the article because I'm too old to read BuzzFeed. Um, you have to be a certain age to read BuzzFeed? I, th- I, think, I think it's like um, <clears throat> Logan's Run after, like, 30. <laughs> <laughs> your, your hand explodes or something, you can't get on it. So I feel like a lot of these have to do with barfing. How many on the 19, how many on the list of 19 have been at the Mayfair? There's some of these, I I don't know, well, we could say them on the air because it's the podcast. There's like 14 We we could bleep ourselves. We Um, could, uh, oh, there's so many of them. Oh my God, there's like 20, 19. 19, yes. Uh, (laughs) The pyromaniac patrons. When I was in sixth grade, my friend and I went to the movies and there was a couple of boys, probably around 14, sitting behind us. They tried to light our hair on fire. Mm, no, never okay. happened to me. That doesn't apply to us. No. The Lynn Liquor, a bunch of friends from work and I went to the Dollar Theater. One of my coworkers had tattoos all over his arms. During the movie, he felt something wet and looked behind him to find a child about four or five years old lick, licking his arm because he thought the tattoos were candy. The parents were watching this, never stopped the kid or apologized. No. Uh, yeah, some of these are, like, really creepy and sexual. Yeah, but I, I'm sure on the list is the 
vomiting, which has happened here. I feel like um, these are not the worst. These no. are far from being the worst. I've experienced... Not even uh, num- number 14, the mid-movie masturbator? I... Well, back in the <laughs> 70s when this was a porno theater. <laughs> but the, the biggest... I doubt that ever happened here because this is um, Ottawa and I people on the worse than the mid-movie ba- masturbator is like the super, super pregnant lady and her crazy, crazy drunk boyfriend having sex in the washroom on Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. That happened to me once. Really? Where's yeah. that? Rito Center? Really at the not Rito a PG when... situation yeah. <laughs> at all, but this happened at Rito. Wow. The, um, did you, uh, so you... I had to deal with the situation. I was making my staff uncomfortable. One of them came up to me and was like, oh, there's a couple who have been in the handicapped <sighs> washroom for a very long time. And I was like, okay, who's the very pregnant lady? Okay, well, like, that's, like, ver- maybe she, was- she requires assistance. She was waddling pretty hard. I hope so. Um, but, like, so I was like, hello. So she was yeah. very pregnant. She was very pregnant, and he was the drunkest man I have oh, ever wow. met. I felt awful for her, but also, like, this is the worst washroom you could possibly have sex in. And I... I- <laughs> If you're gonna, if if they only use the regular wash, yeah. Well, well, I guess she needed that um, that uh, the baby seat. (laughs) No, that that handicapped rail. She needed the railing. The and it's uh, uh, (laughs) speechless. I'm speechless. The uh, that has never happened here. No, by the way, we're talking about another theater that is no longer in operation. Yeah. The my weirdest story, and and I was just chatting before we we rolled that. All the podcasts I listen to, once you start getting into them, the hosts always say, I can't remember if I told this story before. Mm-hmm. And we're not even that far into our run, and I already can't remember if I told this story before. But it was in high school, and a couple friends and I were watching Exorcist 3 at, uh, at the time, the Saint Laurent movie theater uh, in the mall, and which was a first-run theater. Now it's a second-run rainbow theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy stood up, and he was really drunk, and he was proclaiming his love for his new wife, oh, and he said they were on their honeymoon. And if I remember correctly, they either got married that day or the day before. And even as like a 14, 15-year-old who snuck into an R-rated movie, it just brought up so many questions of like, wow, really, this is like the honeymoon? This, this isn't is where even... you choose to... Yeah, this wasn't even like, oh, we're just going to a movie, but then we're going to go to a honeymoon some other time. But this was his honeymoon. And she was, like, pulling on his arm, trying to get him to sit down because she was being embarrassed. And he was just yelling, in his mind, romantically. But out of all things, like, he could have at least picked a romantic film to go to, (laughs) but he picked Exorcist 3 to be his honeymoon film. And after he did his little speech, like, the crowd kind of, like, politely, embarrassedly gave him a little round of applause (laughs) (laughs) and just hoped that he was going to shut up. Oh, God. But, yeah, so that, that wasn't here, but that was a weird movie theater run-in. Well, there's one on here that I think applies to us. Um, the panty problem. <laughs> um, yeah, panty stuck in the chairs. Um, now, we work Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. so... <clears throat> well, I found a bra once, not uh, too long yeah. ago, and it was from. It must have been from Rocky Horror. Probably, I assume so, yeah. yeah. And that could just be the I, shadow I cast. Think I put it with their stuff at the back. Yeah, that could just be the shadow cast changing into their wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, they definitely just uh, fully get changed here. So we find a lot of random stuff from the show. Or is there including, a, like, condoms, because they throw some in the show. And yeah. Like, the condoms they throw are interesting, because the packaging, the way they're marketed, these uh, 
these particular brand of condoms, I looked at the back and it said the next generation of condoms. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I think you've kind I don't of get that. Yeah. We always try, and especially around Halloween, it's a madhouse because there'll be like a couple of screenings in a row. And there was one this is where like garbage piled on top of garbage piled on top of garbage. Yeah. Well, this week wasn't that bad. No. I remember it was like years ago, but it was a, a crazy night and just using like a giant push broom yeah. and just like waist high with toilet paper and newspaper and that must have been the first year yeah it was it was crazy and and we were there was just like an army of us trying to quickly clean up what we could because just the basics so yeah because that, that was like the nine o'clock show and there was another one coming and the one outside there was another 300 people waiting outside yeah. mm-hmm. and we were just i love halloween yeah <laughs> like just as fast as we can trying to trying to sweep things up and get everything together but it's just such a bizarre like I don't at Rocky Horror do people throw around bras and underwear and stuff? Is that that's part not of the usually thing? the thing that you throw? You yeah. throw your toast, you throw your cards, you throw your condoms, you squirt yeah. with your water gun. Yeah. Um, usually your underwear stays on. Right. <laughs> usually, it's, it's usually. part of it's one of the only parts of the things that you're wearing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of times for people who come. Yeah, because like some people are, some cast members are just wearing like a pair of. Shorts. Well, like garters and whatnot. It's Rocky Horror Picture Show. You gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the they uh, don't have much to shake off. No. <laughs> but the the they're uh, very minimalist with their clothing. <laughs> and that's it's funny because it's the 40th anniversary of Rocky Horror. Yeah. And I can't find there is nothing about this on so like. It's the 40th anniversary of Rocky Horror it, and Jaws. Yeah, which was yeah. So both of those films. Yeah, both came out the same year. Um. <clears throat> To my knowledge, there's nothing on Wikipedia about Rocky Horror having its big premiere in Ottawa in 1975. Well, it was, um, from, from what I've heard, it was the Ottawa Film Expo, so it wasn't necessarily was it public? a public thing. Oh, okay. But it's weird. There's not, you'd think that would be like kind of make, make the footnotes in there somewhere, mm-hmm. or, or some Rocky Horror aficionado would, would throw that on there. But, yeah, it's not easy to find information. I was trying to find that to kind of... I feel like maybe that's one of those things that every city would try to claim yeah. as its own anyway. So yeah, we had the first like one serious Rocky Horror fan in Ottawa who's like, I'm going to go on Wikipedia and edit this article. Yeah, well, especially it's like it's like you know trying to figure out box office numbers for yeah. for Night of the Living Dead when so many people have stolen it or retitled it or show it whenever or, uh, yeah. or Deep Throat because uh, the mafia distributed that film and they yeah. Uh, you know, they inflate the numbers. Yeah, so it's so, so hard it's to... impossible to figure out, you know... Like, a lot of those movies, like, Rocky Horror... I mean, it made Horror, a lot of money, but oh, yeah. not, maybe not as much as... Yeah, like, Rocky Horror, Texas Chainsaw, a lot of those things where it wasn't strictly... <clears throat> it was, like, drive-ins and grindhouses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's, it's so hard to keep track, and they just can kind of take a wild guess, but you just think, like, Rocky Horror, even though it's only playing in... Mayfair type theaters all over the world every once in a while, all those little numbers add up. Yeah. And, and 40 years of $200 there and $300 there and $1,000 mm-hmm. here. I mean, I still report Rocky to Rent Track. So yeah. So it definitely gets incredible. Well, that movie's never stopped playing in theaters. No. Like, and it's, is it, it's still Fox? Fox still yeah. has it? So that, that must be so interesting because Fox is known for, you know, fairly mainstream stuff and that they still are keeping track and renting out. Rocky Horror mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah, and I they have it, a print, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like um, 
That's a good print, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's been re-released so many times. The, uh, the other thing, <clears throat> I just remembered the thing I forgot was, so last week we, we all geniusly concurred that it would be interesting to see Ron Perlman in... Oh, that's right. In the, uh, the romantic... This is my mistake. ...drama... Uh, I'll see you in my dreams. Okay, but hold on. I'm yeah. pretty sure he was in Biff Wellington. Ron Perlman? What? No. No, he couldn't have been. Can you bring up a photo of him? Hellboy. Me? He's Hellboy. Okay, no, not Ron Perlman. We, yeah, yeah. We, uh, see, it's Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. And I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah. But because I was looking at a tiny JPEG of the poster and just yeah. saw Perlman, yeah. I thought, oh, Ron Perlman. And he could have been in it. He's in. He's a character actor. Yeah. But it wasn't. I was. I came to watch the movie. It was. It was a very, very nice, sweet old people romantic movie, and Rhea Perlman came up on screen, and my brain just went, oh, okay, no. that makes more sense. She's a you know senior citizen lady in a. And they wouldn't be related. I don't think. No, no. But yeah, I just thought it's funny. so. It's like. You know, never trust anything you hear on a podcast because it's just people talking and they always get things wrong. I wanted to go and like Photoshop the poster and stick Ron Perlman in it. Have have make him just just a big picture of him. I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starring Ron Perlman. But uh, okay, so we should roll over and talk about stuff we have coming up this week. We have so much stuff this week that I want to see, and as as happens th- this weekend, I'm away at Montreal Comic Con off uh, selling my wares. And then when I get back, my uh, kind of freelance day job, I'll be working at Blues Fest at night. So I'm going to miss all these movies I want to see. Because you'll, be, uh, you'll be mixing uh, Leonard Skinner or something. Yeah, I'll be yelling Freebird at, <laughs> at Leonard Skinner. I'll be, I'll be pointing lights. So is Kanye coming, or did, did they boycott him successfully? I don't know. As far as I understand, Kanye's coming. Maybe we're just not talking about the fact that Kanye's coming. Yeah. So that, the, you know. Well, I, I swear that I'm... Out of the loop, because I'm not even trying to, like, you know, make light of people always say, like, oh, I'm old and rock and roll music and whatever. But, man, I look at the list, and I'm like, I don't know I have no reason to go anybody. to this anymore. Yeah, I don't know anybody on the list, which is good when you're working there, because in past years, there was these great lineups. And there'd often be, like, you'd have to pick. And there was one year where, um, to watch Joan Jett, I had worked earlier in the day, and I went to watch Joan Jett. And I, and I might be lying about this, but I was missing... Somebody like Louis C.K. or somebody was there. They had a little. Oh. They had like a comedian. Uh, yeah, because uh, Bob thing. Saget did a show. Yeah, too. so it was like I had to pick to see Joan Jett or Louis C.K. Or once I was working one stage way up in the air doing follow spot, doing spotlight stuff, and over my shoulder on another stage I could see Bootsy Collins playing. But so in past years there was really like you had to pick and choose because there was yeah. so much going on. But this year I'm sure there's a lot of people excited for certain acts. But I look at it and I'm like I don't know you. I don't know you. And this year, the, the... Any movie stars this year doing country? I don't know. Man, there, there was that one year, and it was, uh, it was Kevin Costner and Kevin Bacon. Were the, the Bacon brothers. The Bacon brothers. And Kevin Bacon, or the Bacon brothers, played <laughs> Footloose. Yeah. And I garnered so much more respect for him, because clearly he's having fun, because you could think he might be like, that's a movie I did 25 years ago. I don't want to associate with that. Yeah. But he played Footloose, and I was like, well played, Bacon Good brothers. Good yeah. for you. Because there was some other acts there, like, well, like Kevin Costner, wasn't bad, but it was clear that it was... A vanity. Yeah, a millionaire living out his vanity dreams. Like, not bad, he was playing guitar, it was okay, but it was clear that there was nobody in that crowd not going, hey, look, that's Robin Hood. (laughs) So, it's that fine line. But then, not at Blues Fest, but I saw 
Uh, Jude, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Oh, well, you know, Amazing. Steve Martin, he's got a great band behind him. Yeah. Like, oh, man. At, also, though, he is freaking talented yeah. in and of himself. Well, like, yeah. The band is awesome, but he could do it alone. Well, he's he's unfair because yeah. he's a yeah. he's a brilliant, uh, like, playwright because he could do it all he alone. reinvented american comedy yeah and and he's he's like he does uh goofy things like yo-yo and stuff like that and he also happens to play banjo at an expert level yeah and he's like a a philanthropist and an art collector and all this stuff it's like you should have one of those things <laughs> it's not fair <laughs> like yeah so i i've seen i've seen steve martin a couple times here in ottawa and just great both times so that's like a an actor a movie star who who has legitimacy to his crossover and he god i don't know the last decade or so it's kind of arguable that he's really been more of a musician yeah. and writer than an actor the past decade or so since like well, speaking of steve martin mm-hmm. we're showing oh hey home. Yeah. segway look at that boom boom <laughs> and home is probably a good example because it's a it's an animated film so not as a huge commitment for steve martin to to be in like not yeah because he hasn't done a lot of movies lately. no he does supporting <clears throat> parts some tv stuff but Home is the latest DreamWorks uh, animated feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has Jim Parsons in it from um, Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. uh, and Steve Martin. And it's like a sci-fi, goofy sci-fi comedy. It, it's, like, uh, it's like E.T. but with more slapstick, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a short... And a cat. And a cat, yeah. So is there a short before this one? I don't... I, I, it came up in conversation yesterday because I was chatting with Mel and I said, every once in a while we get screwed because we forget to put in enough time for a 10-minute short film. There's like a, yeah, there's a 10-minute short that's added to the runtime. So I don't think... But it's not included in like yeah. our listings and stuff. So we get uh, we get told that it's 94 minutes, but it's really 104 minutes. Yeah. And then we have and, 10 and minutes I, between shows. I believe that happened with Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I, happened with a couple of I looked things. it up and I couldn't... Oh. Here we go. Uh, home was promoted with the release of a four-minute short film titled Almost Home. Okay, four minutes. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But no. that was in front of another thing. That was in front of another thing. Okay. So I don't, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think Yeah, I think, I think we're safe on this one. Because often DreamWorks will, like, cross over, so I thought they might have a short for, like... Um, Frozen again? No, Ice Age. Ice, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The, other, the other cold movie. Ice Age 12 or whatever the next one is. But... You know who else is in this? Is this the same guy? Oh, Matt Jones is in, does a voice in this movie. Cool. He was um, on Breaking Bad, the one of the druggy guys. Um, oh, yeah. Badger. Yeah. Badger. He was, he was Badger oh, on Breaking cool. Bad. Yeah. And again, we're talking about television. Television, yeah. Uh, so Home is, is one of the films we have coming up. That's weekend matinees coming up uh, this weekend, the four, July 4th and 5th. At 1 p.m. At 1 p.m. both days. Um, We've got Lambert and Stamp. Lambert and Stamp. This looks really good. I've never heard of this. It's another in a long line of music documentaries that we're rolling through at the Mayfair, which yeah. is great. And this is about... The uh, Who. It seems to be like the, the secret origins of The Who. Yeah. And that... And I only know what I've seen from, like, kind of the trailer and reading a bit about it is that the kind of the mistaken... The mistakenly creation of The yeah. Who. They, they, it was these two guys who wanted to make an underground film, and they came across this band who weren't called The Who at the time, and uh, they ended up managing them and mm-hmm. helping them become, you know, the who. Yeah. But apparently it was unlikely that they met, and I'm curious about that. Like, why, why, if they were two aspiring filmmakers, yeah. why was it weird for them to meet up? How was it unlikely for them to become friends and 
carry on with this. I guess so we'll have to watch the movie. We'll have to watch right? the movie. Yeah. I'm really curious. <laughs> now, now it's it's uh, it's funny because we've had like I, I, despite its, you know, I guess every movie, every documentary has some controversy to it because there's always that line of like it's so easy to kind of skew things your way. Yeah. Whether it be for kind of a good deed like trying to encourage people to recycle or for people trying to encourage you to vote for you know Jeb Bush like it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> or Donald Trump or Donald Trump anybody can make a documentary and kind of skew things one way or the other and you know Michael Moore is very guilty of that and has admitted to it to kind of skew his favor and I'm sure like I never watched it but there's like a um there's I guess a feature-length Sarah Palin documentary that I'm sure paints her mm-hmm. in a glorious light and so the 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 Nirvana documentary we recently screened had some controversy because a musician or two was calling into question the legitimacy of some of the interviews and some of the history of it. And then we have Soaked in Bleach, which is a crazy conspiracy theory documentary about Kurt Cobain. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've had a couple of like very nice kind of feel good documentaries. Like we have, or we have one coming up about ska music and we had the one about the, um, the, uh, the unheralded uh, studio musicians so it's just coincidence, but we just we've having weeks and weeks of cool and, and music we have documentaries one, uh, coming up about the Washington D.C. punk scene of the eighties. Oh yeah, Salad Days. Yeah, and there seems to be a lot of people very another one two called punk. The Damned. The yeah, damned. two punk documentaries. The the one about the Damned and uh, uh, Salad Days. Yeah, and there seems to be a lot of people interested in those. There's always like music. Music subgenres have such passion behind them. They say that same way that anything does, whether you're a comic book nerd or a car nerd or whatever so I think these these little documentaries really get some passionate fans behind them who are excited to see their favorite band on screen yeah mm-hmm. yeah like I've been waiting I don't know how no one has done this yet and I've heard rumors Scorsese might have been thinking about it of doing a Ramones documentary or a Ramones like feature kind of like mm-hmm. well and, they did George Harrison and Bob yeah. Dylan documentary which are really good. Yeah, and a Ramones documentary would be great because it's, yeah. it's well, like, there is one actually. Is it like a feature length? Uh, yeah, I think the Bytown might have shown it years oh, yeah, ago, God, but it's maybe. it's it's out there. I forget what it's called, but there is a feature length Ramones. Because I, I would love to see a like Martin Scorsese do a, fic, a fictionalized or a, a based on a true story of the Ramones uh, with like actors and stuff. Because mm-hmm. it just like the the simple premise of of a bunch of guys who didn't know how to play instruments who garage banded it up and became the most influential band that never had a hit song, but were so important to so many professionals. And that's so cool mm-hmm. that they never had, you know, so many lesser or bands. A had. Velvet Underground um, yeah. documentary would be great because they, they really changed the tide. Yeah. Well, I remember... Pre-Ramones. The Doors... I don't know if everyone like in high school. I think you have to like the Doors. Yeah, for like, like, like you just two months at least. You <laughs> yeah. have to listen to "Hello, I Love You" over and over. I had a babysitter who got me into all that: the Doors, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Yeah, and my <clears throat> my Doors listening to happened when Oliver Stone made his movie. <laughs> so I had it like coming from both sides. Oh then. God! And I haven't seen the movie forever, but I think that movie is. I mean, especially because it's Oliver Stone. I think is extra guilty of kind of playing with reality and and, mm-hmm. and but that's why you say based on a true story mm-hmm. um but yeah so I, i'm very interested to see soaked in bleach because it is 
super controversial on both sides because you have one side going, oh, it's ridiculous to think that a crime was committed here. It's very sad what happened to Kurt, but that's what happened. And then the other side saying, no, it's a giant super conspiracy. The other side is like, I feel like that conspiracy has been around for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I don't know that this will clarify anything, but I mean, we might end up with more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be, and and it's like, I'm sure there'll be more documentaries about it sooner or later, but... But uh, now that we can talk about it, I guess. Yeah. So so Lambert and Stamp, that's coming up. Check our website for showtimes and everything. Uh, then we have Wormwood, Road of the Dead, which this is, is an Ottawa premiere. Ottawa premiere. That's Saturday the third? Fourth. Oh, sorry, it's Saturday, July fourth at ten thirty. Yes. And hopefully you're listening to this before then. Yes. And then Wednesday at uh, 9.30. 9.30. And call people online just today were like, oh, I can't make it those days. And I was like, I didn't say this in length, but I'm like, I, I understand, but that's always the issue where you can't please everybody and often cult films that will only have them for a day or two. And in a, in a perfect world, we could play it more, but we'll see. Maybe it'll do really well and we'll have an excuse to hold it over. But really, like, we have three other slightly more mainstream movies playing this week, and that kind of commands more screen time. Uh, but so hopefully you can make it out to those two shows of Wormwood. It, it looks... Uh, Mad really... Max meets The Road Warrior. Or no, no, Mad Max meets The Road the Warrior. <laughs> That's a little redundant. Uh, yeah. The Road Warrior meets Dawn of the Dead is what they're calling it. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like a mashup between a post-apocalyptic Australian wasteland with, in the outback. with zombies. Yeah. And it is like a, a real like low budget success story. I think it was done for a couple hundred was thousand it like dollars. Was like an Indiegogo project or Pro- something? Uh, well, probably. Everything is now, which which I love, which is great. I, I, I know I did read that they did well enough that they have a sequel uh, in the works, which is cool. But it's uh, it looks like just a good old fashioned grindhouse kind of midnight movie. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and I'm sure once the end credits roll, you'll see thanks to Indiegogo, which is, yeah. which is so great that you know a movie like this can get made and the filmmakers can do what they want with it and not have to uh, bend to a studio or whatever. Exactly. That's the most important, I think. And, it, and it's, it's weird. I guess people complain about everything, but there's some people like, oh, I don't think it's fair that Indiegogo or this or that or people are asking. I'm like, well, you just don't have to participate. Honestly, then. man, like, what's your tie-up? The fact that it's on the internet? Like, yeah, like friends could easily, I could easily say, hey, Josh, would you lend me 20 bucks for yeah. this movie? <laughs> yeah. I'll there's, give you a t-shirt. Yeah. There's one uh, Indiegogo project that's having a hard time getting its financing, and it's the last Orson Welles movie. Oh, yeah. The Other Side of the Wind, which I'm reading a book about. There's this fantastic book. It's called Orson Welles' Last Movie. Mm-hmm. And it's all about this crazy film he was trying to make, or he did make, called um, The Other Side of the Wind, which never got released because there were all these legal things, entanglements. But John Huston is in it playing uh, this famous film director who wants to make his final film, and Peter Bogdanovich is in it, and lots of other Dennis Hopper's in it. And it never got, um, it never really got finished um, beyond like a work print, but there's an Indiegogo campaign and they need to raise like $2 million and they've only raised maybe like 10% of that or something. Yeah. Wow. wow. So it's, it's done? Like it's like they have them, it's just, I mean, it's, they have the it's right, filmed. The, the right, apparently the rights are set. Uh, it's filmed. They just, they need to do a final edit. Yeah. Based upon Orson Welles' notes and all this, all this stuff. That, yeah. All these reference points they have. But um, yeah, they're having a hard time 
reaching their financial goal. Yeah. Hmm. And it is tough out there because now the blessing and the curse of it is it's very easy to set up an Indiegogo campaign, not easy to to uh, successfully go to fruition with one, but there's a lot of distraction out there. Like if you type in independent film to Indiegogo, you'll find yeah, there's a so whole bunch. So even, and then I guess that's where some of the argument is people think it's not fair for big names to go on there. But then it always comes down to well, just you don't have to give well, money to I the mean, big yeah. names. Even if even if you are a big name, I mean, what 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 ended up happening was I think in the uh, early aughts there was these these filmmakers like you know John Waters or whoever were able to get their little five million dollar movie financed, and then you know the economy tanked, and now Hollywood doesn't want to make these like medium budget movies anymore. Yeah. So like oh, filmmakers yeah. like Spike Lee have to go on Indiegogo yeah. to get their their latest films financed. Yeah, and if they do that, and yeah, whether they're offering up a, a, a T-shirt or a, or visit the set or whatever, and if somebody has the financial means to help them out and is a fan, that's cool. Like, you know, there's no harm in that. And, and man, like I should keep track, but the number actually one was "I'll See You in My Dreams" had a Kickstarter thing yep. at the end of it. So it, it's like, and most documentaries that roll through here, most kind of horror films, independent stuff. Uh, I know we showed a couple of video game documentaries. I think all the music documentaries we just mentioned, at the end we'll have a thank you to our Indiegogo or Kickstarter backers and like a hundred names or a couple hundred names will roll by. And that's just kind of the norm. And and it's like, and then some fans, you know, they assume that, like they're like, oh, Joss Whedon, you should do a Firefly or, or a Serenity Kickstarter. And they're like, well, we could, but it's not that easy because our actors are all on different shows now and our director is doing big, successful movies now, so it's not as easy in that case to just drop everything and go to another Serenity movie because, you know, Nathan Fillion's doing a successful TV show that's been on for seven or eight years all this and now. But, but for the independent stuff, I think it's great. And, and, um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, so we have those. So then we have the, the afor aforementioned kind of more mainstream stuff we have coming up. Uh, another auto premiere, Slow West. Starring Michael Fassbender. It's a western. Uh, it, looks, it looks like a, a real western. It just looks like a good old-fashioned western western. Yeah, it looks fantastic. And it, who's the other, who's the young kid in it? Cody, Sm Cody Smith. With the Mixie weird name. or something? Yeah. I don't know, I don't recognize, oh, you know, I recognize, I, I nerd recognize him because he's going to be playing uh, Nightcrawler in the mm -hmm. next X-Men movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Slow West looks just like the trailer looks great, and it just looks like a, it looks like something that Clint Eastwood might have been in thirty years ago or yeah. something. Like looks like something that might have come out around the time of Outlaw Josie Wales or something mm -hmm. like that. And um, and it, it's another example of us getting a cool Ottawa premiere. And you know when people ask like, oh, are you getting the fill in the blank of the kind of Hollywood film? The answer is always maybe. And I, I kind of just kind of. We probably have an equivalent that is better. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I never mean to disregard people who ask that question via Twitter, but now I just have kind of a cut-and-paste response that is, that is um, uh, look on the main page of our website. If you see it there, that means it's coming up in the next couple months. Otherwise, the question is maybe or we don't know because yeah. we just don't know. Like, everything we have that we're talking about today, whether it be um, Wormwood, we've known we're getting it for a while, so West, we've known we've getting it for a while, but Home, Lambert and Stamp, and then 
Welcome to Me and Age of Adeline, which we haven't talked about yet, those four films we booked on Monday. Mm-hmm. And now it's Tuesday. And so that's how quick our turnaround is uh, for booking stuff. Yeah. So, you know, last weekend, we didn't know that Welcome to Me was coming. So that's why... Welcome to Me looks really good. Oh, mm-hmm. I love... Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, who... I haven't watched a full episode of Saturday Night Live in... Who has, really? Man, like, <laughs> maybe... That's maybe, what everyone's saying. Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in years. I love the documentary you guys played, but... Um, yeah. You know, I haven't seen it in a very long time. Well, it's like, Saturday Night Live, uh, the, or what is it, Broadway video, you can have this idea. Once a year, do a behind-the-scenes slash clip show of the year and yeah. release that theatrically and then on, like, video on demand or whatever. Yeah. Because they showed... And, like, the... The documentary we just screened was Saturday Night Live. It was, I don't know what the percentage was, but there was a lot of clips. It was, it was headshot interviews and, and very interesting stuff because it was more about kind of the culture and stuff like that. But there was a lot of just good old clips. And those clips were getting the biggest laughs of the documentary. So if you just went through and every year did like a 90-minute best of thing of Saturday Night Live for 2014, 2015 or whatever like that, I would come see that. Mm, I, I, yeah. would, I think that would be a cool thing to book book once a year because these these horribly talented people like Kristen Wiig... Horribly talented. Horribly talented. <laughs> so terribly bad. talented. So awful how talented they are. Jealously talented. <laughs> I, the, to my recollection, and I, I probably saw her in like smaller roles before that in a couple of like Apatow things or something. Yeah. But Bridesmaids was where I really first... Well, that was like her first big role. Yeah, I think. and w- was she in Forty Year Old Virgin or like no? Like, no? I, don't think so. I thought she I, like I'm sure, so like I'm sure I'll look at her resume and go like she oh. Was, oh she had a little bit in in Knocked Up. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But never seen her on Saturday Night Live. But now I I love her in in Bridesmaids and that on the heels of Bridesmaids instead of doing Bridesmaids two, she's just done like half a dozen weird little indie movies. Yeah. Well, this movie is interesting because it's a Will Ferrell, Adam McKay production. Yeah. Adam McKay, Will Ferrell joint. Yeah. And uh, it's got an interesting storyline. It's <laughs> it's a dark comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the trailer because I'm, I'm going to come see it and I want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Kristen Wiig is this woman with borderline personality disorder and she wins the lottery. Yeah. And with the money, she decides to become the next Oprah. <laughs> yeah. And it looks She's like, screw this. I'm going to be the next big thing. And it, it looks really it dry, like really on the verge of it's just like a, like it looks like a plot that if done, dip, like a lot of stuff Will Ferrell and Adam McKay do. Like could almost not be a comedy. Yeah, like if this was a movie in 1985, it would star like Dolly Parton and it would be just a nice light drama. Like about straight talk. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it was a movie. Wait, like. But like, and again, I I like I really like Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, because you know they're doing their giant hit comedies like like Anchorman, but then they do they did that all Spanish film yeah uh, Casa de Mapadre yeah which was really good which mm-hmm. we got the auto premiere of and I I loved yeah and again I just imagine their managers or agents going no go do Anchorman three and they're like no we want to do a we want to do this movie with Kirsten or we want to do this all Spanish like. Or they did that TV Lifetime movie recently. Which is nuts. I wish we could screen that. I, I think that would draw a good, like, room-esque crowd. Um, but, and, uh, if, you, if you pull it up, Welcome to Me, 
has a crazy cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, beside for Kirsten, it has, if I remember correctly, it has t- Tim, uh, Robbins. Tim Robbins. Uh, Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack, who I'm, I've been madly in love with for I, I really ever. Like her. And she was on Saturday Night Live for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who I think is yeah. criminally underrated. Yeah, and hopefully making a little bit of a comeback now. She's in The Hateful Eight. Yeah. yeah. Which is coming to Comic-Con. So I go to Comic Con. <laughs> it's coming to Comic. Well, they're, they're going to promote it at yeah. Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we're getting a trailer of that very soon. The um, and Linda Cardinelli is in this from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, she's the best too. She's awesome. The uh, but yeah, so it's just a great and I, and I just love that that they're doing these kind of little movies. And if you look at like the last three or four movies that she's done, they're all like this kind of stuff. And then her next movie is is or she's in The Martian. Uh, oh, with uh, is that Ridley Scott's new movie? Yeah. I saw the trailer for that, and it's got like, it's got her, Donald Glover, um, Jeff Daniels, like this. Jeff cra- Daniels is really this good. crazy cast of people, and and then and then um, Matt Damon stuck on on Mars, I think playing the same character he played in Interstellar. As far as I know, <laughs> so it's a prequel. <laughs> it's a prequel to Interstellar. Before he tried to murder Matthew McConaughey. Don't go back. <laughs> Don't go back to save him. But uh, but yeah, I think Kristen Wiig might be one of these actors, like. Like your Robin Williams or your Will Smith, who Whoa. who she's going to get some dramatic Oscar nomination sooner or yeah. later. Well, she did that movie with uh, Bill Hader called The Skeleton Twins, oh, which yeah. was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. that you look at that and you go, oh, a goofy little comedy, and you watch it like, no, it's a pretty dark yeah. drama. Yeah, yeah, about some serious issues. Yeah, and they're both great. I think that. I think comedians are better at playing drama well, than that's dramatic what, that's actors That's what Bill Murray are. said in an interview. Yeah. It's like, if, you, if you're if you funny, it's like, you've got to know how to play straight. You can pretty much do anything. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, but going vice versa doesn't always work. Eddie Murphy's do, working on some serious indie film, like serious drama Yeah, that's thing. good. D- indi- yeah, like... Um, cool. Totally serious. Because he, he has all the money, so he can do whatever he wants now. Well, he's, he's <laughs> do, his thing is reggae now. He's, like, doing a reggae thing. What? Like, like his 80s is album? He, what, is he going to do an album? <laughs> No, he's not doing like party all the time. He's growing a beard. And, like, he's doing uh, no. Go on YouTube. Crazy. He's got like a music video, and he's doing actual reggae with like Snoop. Whoa, that's crazy. Cool. Uh, so welcome to me. Uh, age of Adeline. Age of Adeline. About a lady who stays the same age forever. So it's like Benjamin Button. But with a well, lady. no, Benjamin no, Button. He he gets he ages in reverse. Turns into a baby. Yeah. This she is. Just stays the same. And it's it's like a. Oh I, no! I'm thinking of something else. There's another movie like that where the person never ages. Body Green Mile. Tom Hanks? Green Mile? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something with Tom Hanks. Big? Age, Age of Adeline is, um, I, as describing it on Twitter, I kept on using the word fantastical. And then I looked it up, and I, that might not be a word. <laughs> well, no, you just have to say fantastic. I think, yeah, but, but, but to me, fantastical means... Like magical, but like, also fantastic? Yeah, so, so I, you just made up a word. I think that's I made okay. up a word. So that's going to be like the, the way that like doe is it like Homer doe mm-hmm. is in the. Di- I think that might be in the dictionary in yeah, a few yeah. years now. What's that word that Stephen Colbert created? Oh, uh, truthiness. Truth, truthfulness or truth, truthiness. Yeah, truthiness. Yeah. yeah. Anytime anybody gets uh, snippety about a word, I'm like, yeah, but the word. What do you think language is though? VJ wasn't in the dictionary in the '40s, and in the '80s it got into the dictionary and. I really like linguistics, and that's one thing that you learn is that I get even across languages. Well, that's the great thing about about English is that you get very malleable. You can yeah. just, you can create your own words if you want. I get I get really defensive about um, 
whom, mm. because I think it's a word that should have died out the same way of like other. I completely agree. Like Shakespeare speech, I never like, want to use that. like like nobody says, what's a Shakespeare word like thoust. You know, yeah, it kind of makes you sound like shank. a dick when yeah. you talk like that. Yeah. If, if, if anybody ever corrects you on whom, they're a bad person. Right. Just delete them from <laughs> Even if life. they're right, which Even they if probably right. are. Even if it's your teacher and they're, they're talented and, and smart, they're, they're a bad person for correcting you. Because I, I, I go out of my way to just use it now. I just <laughs> <laughs> to, to say things incorrectly. You use whom instead of who all the time. I don't want to talk about TV again on our, on our Mayfair TV podcast. <laughs> but, but on the, uh, the Last Man on Earth, in I think the first episode, there's a, a amazing line, which I'm sure I, sh- I should pull up so I can quote it on, like, make a T-shirt out of it. But uh, Kirsten Schaal... Uh, amazingly talented Kirsten Shaw. Another, dis- was it disgusting? Disgustingly, disgustingly talented, talented Kirsten Shaw. Um, horribly talented. Horribly talented. She says that... Grossly, grossly over-talented talented. person. She says a giant, like, three-sentence correction and says, like, whom thou arst over, over and over again. And it was just... And it's, it was all correct, but it points out how you can't lean on that anymore because mm. you just sound like a madman if you say things correctly now <laughs> but and I'm sure it makes learning English just impossible Ugh. but I don't know but is you well uh, the, the Jackie Chan movie we screened recently which was a you know an action movie a cop movie but you would think would have professional translators subtitlers and but at, they don't <laughs> at least three or four times I noticed a very evident like instead of they use the wrong there you know they use they are instead of t-h-e-r-e well, that's everybody everyone yeah <laughs> but you're like you think someone would have spell check that you know or, yeah. or just like they just slight you know mistakes like that on subtitled films they always get those wrong but but uh yeah we totally didn't talk about age of adeline age of adeline <laughs> starring blake lively blake, who's blake lively she was on a show oh no more tv gossip girl <laughs> something like that but she does movies watch. too, which we show here. We show here at the Mayfair Movie Theater. But uh, um, genuinely, though, upon trying to pull reviews to kind of put on Facebook or put on Twitter, uh, Harrison Ford has been getting stellar reviews for this movie. Yes. And, and every time I read it, even if it's kind of like a, uh, it was like a middle-of-the-road review, they, they point out Harrison Ford as being great in this movie. And I'm glad about that because I, you know, everybody loves Harrison Ford. And it's nice to see him doing some diversity with some success. Because, like, even at his age, like, he doesn't have to pr- prove anything now. He and just he, has to fly his plane. He just has to fly his plane. But it's so, I'm sure everyone just wants him to be Han Solo over and yeah. over again, which is happening, which is awesome. But his dramatic roles have been really great over the years, even if not horribly financially successful, whether it be, like, Mosquito Coast or Witness or stuff like that. So it's cool to see him kind of doing another dramatic role in this. What do you call it? Do you call this like a science fiction romance? Fantasy Fantasy drama. Yeah. But... um, Fantastical. Fantastical. Fantastical drama. Everybody start saying fantastical, please. Get it into... Get it into... uh, Write it into some papers. Get it it into some articles. It sounds like a cool story. Yeah. Um, It just sounds like a word that like Rip Taylor would say a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastical. But yeah, so it's, it's a packed week here at the Mayfair, and I'm going to miss all these movies. So. It is a, 
a ridiculously... Ridiculously, horribly packed week. Horribly uh, abundant week. We also have a Bollywood film oh, on yeah. Saturday at Rana. 3. Yeah. It is. And it's a brand new Bollywood film, too. Like, I looked on, on IMDb, and I think its release date is, like, last week or something like that, so... Yeah. It's about a dad who's estranged from his daughter who, like, tries to figure out how to get her back. And it's kind of cool, because previously... Uh, these used to be kind of private events. Like a, a group would rent out the theater to show a Bollywood film to the community here in town. Yeah, but they're like a club. So they sell tickets to their members kind of thing. Yeah. But not anymore. Now they're open to the public. And it's been nice that a handful of... of they're not open to the public anymore? No, now no, they, they are. they are now. Oh, okay. yeah. Like rather than, than them Oof. selling their tickets to oh, okay. just their members, they anybody can come here and... I mean, I suppose anybody could buy tickets before if they decided to show up. But a lot of them were just for their their Now it's just easier because we we advertise it on Facebook and Twitter and everything like that. So if you're just someone wanting to come see a movie, you can come see a crazy three-hour-long Bollywood movie. I'll see our members. Yeah, for sure. Come come to see these films. Yeah. Yeah, quite a few. And it's, it's their... If you've never seen a Bollywood film, it's something because it's just—it's a lot of fun. It's long, but you yeah. get fifteen minutes. You get intermission. In yeah, and um, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of music, a lot of dancing. It's just—it's just fun. Even if they're like sad, they're just like yeah, singing and dancing about it. Well, as far as, far as I understand, kind of the histories of it, they were just like the, the origins are. Wow, our life is rough. Our day to day life is hard. Yeah. We really want to be entertained. <laughs> like yeah. we want, we want music. We want a car chase. We want outer space. We want this has to be ghosts. Ridiculous. We want a love scene. We want everything in one movie. Whereas in a North American film, that would be like six different productions. Yeah. So they just mash it all together and we're give you. We're talking about escapism to the max. Yeah. 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 Which but, is fun. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm glad. So yeah, if you're curious, come check that out. It's called Rana, and uh, you can this Saturday at three. I think you can see the trailer three, yeah. on our website too. I think. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so yeah, I guess we should wrap things up. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about a whole bunch of other movies. We didn't even get a chance really to talk about Indiana Jones triple bills coming up. Or um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future triple bills coming up. Hopefully, we'll have some fun news about that soon. July twenty fifth is Indiana Jones. Yeah. All three. All Not three. There's only three of them. <laughs> and it's the triple wheel barbecue. So, so we're going to mm, have some food from Quinn's. Burgers. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.